0: Larry's Pop Pod. I'm Chris Larry.
1: I'm Amelia Larry.
0: And we're ready to get after it here, talking about all of the movies, TV shows, music, books, games, experiences that Amelia Larry and I like to enjoy, and we hope that you do too. In fact, thinking about that, I just wanted to say thank you to all the listeners. We worked on our first episode and released it, and we honestly didn't know if anyone was going to listen, and you did.
1: Yeah, um, so... Since we got a lot of downloads, it feels like it's my first time doing this. It's kind of like a dream come true.
0: Yeah, so thanks for making our dreams come true and launching our podcast. And so we wanted to follow that up with another one pretty quickly. And we've really been even working behind the scenes to have some new ideas, some new regular returning features, thinking about guests and guest contribution. So we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the pod as we kind of take a break and, and talk to the you, the listeners, about what we might want to do coming up with um, future episodes and with the Larry's Pop Pod Empire. But now let's jump into talking about some of the stuff that we're excited to bring to you this week. One of the things that I'm excited to talk about and that Amelia and I have been enjoying through most of the late winter and early spring has been the BBC America series Planet Earth 2. This is kind of a follow up to the BBC's early two thousand show, Planet Earth. There is some differences, and they've really updated it. And it does this sort of typical nature documentary thing. It looks at deserts, islands, grasslands. Each episode is a different environment, and the one that we're going to review here is easily our favorite. It's the one that looks at cities specifically. What make what's exciting for you to think about nature and cities together?
1: So, when you think about a city, you think about Tall buildings, maybe like house pets inside houses. Maybe people walking their dogs, but you don't think of like maybe catfishes, leopards, falcons, and all those animals.
0: I know you really don't, and so. But the truth is, as animals evolve and as they learn to adapt to a world where it's mostly becoming cities and urban areas, it's uh, many of those animals are going to figure out ways to live in cities, and so treating this environment environment. environment like you would an ocean or a desert or a jungle like in some of the other episodes of planet earth too it was super fascinating to think about and watch a documentary um and probably the best documentary i've ever seen about animals in the city and amelia's right they talk about a lot of different animals and one of the crazy ones i thought was a leopard would you agree yeah (laughs) the so in the city of Mumbai, this is a city with 20 million people. It also has the highest concentration of leopards of anywhere in the world. And and in the city's episode, it looks at some leopards as they go hunting in the park at night. Uh, well, you want to tell us a little bit about what they're what they were hunting and how they made you feel?
1: So, like, you see this leopard come in in like night vision you know something's going to happen. And then, like, suddenly a baby cute pig is stealed. And now, yeah, it's just really sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, it shows these leopards, like, on the prowl, like, night vision goggles, night vision cameras. And they just lock in on these baby wild pigs. Which is also then funny because also in a city as big as Mumbai, they also have wild pigs in their parks. So it's like, it's like, might as well be the jungle. Um, you had a couple other fa- f- uh, favorite scenes or a couple other standout scenes for you in, plan- in the city's episode.
1: So this guy's just looking at his phone and boom, this monkey steals his juice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we laughed so hard the first time we saw that scene. It's not even, it's not even very long. It's like quick. It's like the monkey's like, bam. And he's right after that juice. We rewound it like three or four <laughs> times because it was so funny.
1: Um another one that I like is so there was a, a few females and one male in one tribe or troop and what kind of animal Um they're monkeys and there's one bachelor um group and then the bachelor like plans this attack to get the females and then boom he gets out every single one of them he gets a little hurt but he does it
0: so let me explain this to the listeners here a little bit. So there's basically one kind of big bad monkey. He's got all these girlfriends and then all these other bachelor monkeys. And they basically have to do a planned coordinated attack. How, how did the bachelors attack?
1: So like they were surrounding like one building in front, one building in back, one building on the left and right. And like they just come in on him and like close And, like, the females are running away, and he is just, like, swatting at at all of them.
0: And, like, these bachelor—the bachelors—sounds like a reality show, right? (laughs) The bachelor monkeys, uh, they were basically jumping from antennas in the top of buildings, from balconies— um, they even have this fun, funny shot where these Indian men, where I think we're standing on the street, and they're like, like look up, and there's this, basically a monkey war happening here. above them. It was almost like a, an action movie. And so no spoiler alerts here, or maybe we will give you a spoiler alert here. So turn off your podcast if you want to watch this and see what happens. But so who ends up winning this sky battle?
1: Of course, the per- the monkey with the females.
0: That's right. The other thing is that we, there was actually stories about animals that we see in New York City all the time. There was stories about falcons and hawks, and in fact, the par—I uh, can never say this right—the peregrine falcons flying over of, over Manhattan. And of course, what 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 kind of big bird of prey do you see all the time, even in, at school?
1: Um. So sometimes at school, flying over. Uh, my recess court, we see red-tailed hawks.
0: <laughs> so, red-tailed hawks, peregrine falcons in one of the biggest cities in the world, and of course, raccoons. Our family has uh, some strange urban <laughs> raccoon adventures. You want to, don't tell the whole story, but what what room in our house were the, fa- were the raccoons in?
1: They were one time in the kitchen and the bathroom.
0: So, I think that's a little bit why we're so fascinated with animal documentaries about uh, about cities because we've actually had wild creatures come in in into our windows and actually in the Planet Earth cities episode they talk about Toronto has a, one of the biggest populations of urban raccoons and they had some really funny scenes of like a mother teaching its babies how to hunt in the city and break into trash cans basically
1: right <laughs> yeah and like so they had like this home on top of a uh, house and like she was getting them all down and then they were just exploring getting. Them- themselves into like these little slots and it was really funny
0: it was and also so that actually brings us to our next topic because just like the raccoons were in toronto or in toronto a couple weeks ago myself amelia here and also mary larry went and visited toronto for a long weekend and we had a great great time and so we're gonna share some of our favorite things that we did uh and experienced in toronto but first why don't you tell me a little bit about what you just thought about in toronto in general
1: So Toronto is kind of like where we live, New York City, and New York, I mean, Toronto is fun, it's family friendly, it has, like, activities, it would, you would, like, still love it if you're on your own, because it, like, has, it fits in, I think, for everyone.
0: That's a great point about everyone. It's a really diverse city. I never, um, I don't know if I felt a city that is big as Toronto, and Toronto is big, that is felt as diverse, and that includes New York City. And on top of that, the people were so nice. We walked around so much of the city, and we always felt welcomed, and it felt like a really just friendly, nice place to be with lots of different kinds of people. So now we're actually going to talk about three topics and talk about some of the things that we did in each of those topics and maybe what were some of our favorites um, and some observations that we had about those favorites. So why don't you give us the three categories we're going to talk about?
1: Um, so the first one is food, the second one is activities, and the third one is some markets that we want to.
0: Because we did a lot of shopping. The first one, food. Um, we went to a lot of different places. I'll kind of give you all the places that we went to, and then we will talk about what our favorite was so we went to pizzeria libretto mm. we went to le petit déjeuner we went to kaplansky's the old spaghetti house mother's dumplings and i didn't get to go on this adventure but mary and amelia larry went to sweet jesus ice cream which we'll talk a little bit about in a second but of all of those um what was your favorite
1: uh, my favorite might be mother's dumplings
0: and what neighborhood was that in
1: uh, Mother's dumplings was in Chinatown.
0: It was in Toronto Chinatown. So give us, tell us a little bit about Mother's dumplings.
1: So Mother's dumplings, it was like great food. They had like soup dumplings to pork dumplings. They basically had like your favorite dumplings.
0: And you do love dumplings. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. What 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 was your favorite of the dumplings that they had?
1: Um, maybe the soup dumplings.
0: Yeah, I think those were really good. And shout out to our friend uh, Megan, who every time she's in Toronto has to go to this one dumplings place. And we were actually with Megan, so she was giving us an inside tip. And that was a fun night. I think maybe my favorite place that we ate was, which was strange, coming to New York City, you know, these kind of delis are pretty regular. But I really loved Kaplansky's Diner. I'm sorry, Deli had a nice pastrami sandwich, and they had all this condiment bar with pickles, and you could give yourself the whole setup, and we had some, I think, uh, potato pierogies and some other stuff. Did you you like that meal?
1: Yeah, I loved that meal.
0: The one thing, I didn't get to experience this, but, and it's not really a proper meal, but tell us a little bit about Sweet Jesus ice cream.
1: So if, I'm just giving you a little tip before you, if you go, if you go to Sweet Jesus ice cream, you have to get a small no cone, because... Me and my mom got a small cone and it was kind of like a large cone and they pile up this ice cream and like you eat it. I got cookies and cream and they have like kind of like vanilla and then they like sprinkle cookies like, little bits of cookies on your ice cream. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, and we had some good local tips. I, I like to call them my three A's. We had Amanda, Angela, and Amira, who gave us lots of good tips. So all these places that we went to are from... Tips from those three. All right, the next thing we did was we did a bunch of activities. So we, we went, we did a lot of shopping. You went to the Ripley's Aquarium. I didn't get to go on that trip. We also went to the Toronto International Film Festival's digital play space, and we went to the Royal Ontario Museum. And went to their blue whale exhibit. So maybe I'll start off here giving my favorite. Personally, as I like kind of a big museum fan, museums have been really important ever since I was a little kid, and even in my in my work, um, I always wanted to go to the Royal Ontario Museum. It's a little bit like a natural history museum, like you might find in Washington D.C. or Chicago or New York. And we were there to see specifically this blue whale exhibit that was so amazing it it's a it tells the story of these blue whales that died because they got caught in the melting ice icebergs outside of newfoundland um and two whales actually washed up dead on shore and this really was like a national crisis in canada so instead of being totally sad they used it to study these whales and it turned into this blue whale exhibit and it was just mind-blowing what are some things that what were some reasons why you were so blown away by this exhibit
1: um so like they had like all these cool things they had like the, one of the um, one of the whale's bones, like all set up, and it was like pretty long. It might have been, but it was about one and a half school buses.
0: Yes, easily. They had this one great interactive game that me and you and Mary Larry actually were super had super fun playing where you had to like make a blue whale dive and eat all the krill and plankton and you did to dive down and you had to not get caught underneath a ship or ice and you had to, I think it was only like 10 or 11 seconds. No, it was more like 26 seconds that you could stay down. If you're in Toronto, I cannot recommend the blue whale exhibit more. I think one of my favorite things, like you're, you were saying was the way that they, hung this big blue whale skeleton, and the room was blue, and you felt like you were underwater, and it was just really fantastic.
1: Yeah, um, and they also had this cool thing where you would spin a knob, and you'd see how, like, this blue whale would, like, swallow all the krill, like, put it in, and then go up and, like put all the waste and things that it can't eat up. So like you could put it backwards and you could put it forwards and you could do it like really fast. It was so cool.
0: So definitely a good time. So what was your favorite activity that we did?
1: My favorite activity was TIFF Kids, um, Digital Play Space. The Digital Play Space, it kind of like had all these interactive things like one you would do like stop motion animation so you would like do your arms a certain way do your legs then she would took take the person would take a picture then you would do a different way and once you saw it and it it was kind of like a dance or like floating through space it was really cool all that um and also they had um you could make your own like circuit and you could like you could do these vr sets and see two stories one the insects jumping away from the frogs and rain or shine this girl with the sunglasses with that like when she put the sunglasses on it was raining when she took them off it was like sunny
0: yeah Toronto Dur- International Film Festival, which is TIFF, they do a children's film festival every year. And they have this digital play space um, the same time they have the children's film festival. And it was a little bit like Maker Fair, right? It was a little bit like going to a Maker Fair. It was very interactive. It was super fun. Um, we also did a ton of shopping, which actually brings us to our next activity. was we went to two big famous markets in Toronto. One, the St. Lawrence Market, and the other, the Kensington Market. St. Lawrence Market was actually one of National Geographic's top 10 markets in the world, and it was Absolutely, ginormously huge um, and pretty world famous. Um, and the other one, was, which was Kensington Market, which was a little bit more hip, a little bit more. Um, it had a lot of South American uh, vendors. It was a little bit more edgy, a little bit more hipster. Um, I think it's mostly just on the weekends. What was the favorite of your two markets?
1: Um, mine was Kensington. Also, Kensing, Kensington Kensington kind of felt like a market. Uh, well, kind of felt like a market and like a neighborhood. But like this whole street was lined with like ice cream places maybe burger shops restaurants
0: Yeah. St. Lawrence market. One, we made a little bit of a mistake because we went there right after we ate like a huge, awesome brunch. So we'd all had like waffles and coffee and juice. And so we went to this great market, but nobody was hungry. So it was like, this is, this is a great market and super cool to be at, but like, I am so full. I can't even think about eating. But Kensington market. Yeah, you're right. It was outside. I think it was maybe my favorite of the two, um, as well. A lot of different kinds of stores. We kind of walked up and down the street, kind of nibbling on things, doing a little bit of shopping. They actually had my Elvis Presley sunglasses that I love, so I bought a couple of those from the street vendor. Um, And then we got to go around the corner and go to this – what was it called? She – she – Ah, what was the name of the record and bookstore that we bought all that stuff from?
1: Oh, She Says Boom.
0: She Says Boom, right. So if you're in Toronto and you want to go to a super hip, female-owned book and used record store, she goes boom. She said boom. Thanks for silently reminding me there. Um, So Kensington Market was a super, super good time. What was maybe the famous, sorry, famous, the the most favorite thing that you bought while we were in
1: Toronto? Um... My favorite thing that we bought, um, my favorite thing that we bought was probably this um, friendship necklace that I did with my friend.
0: Oh, that's pretty nice. I love, we got, I already said my Elvis sunglasses, and I got some great records from She Said Boom. But the, my favorite thing was actually something that we bought at the ROM, so maybe with my favorite activity, which is this great serving tray with these cute. Uh, foxes, and it was such a cool scene that it was uh, something that Mary, Larry, and I loved to get. So overall, we had a blast in Toronto. Eating, playing, exploring, shopping. So um, what would you give the Toronto experience overall? Is it a 1 to 10? Uh, Yeah, let me see. Let's say on a scale of 1 to 5... Five being New York City awesome, one being like a a ditch in the road in some town. What was Toronto?
1: I'd say probably five.
0: Probably five? Wow, I think I have to say four. But here's the real out question on Toronto. Could you live there?
1: I could probably live there, yeah.
0: I could probably live there too, except
1: winter. It is cold. Yeah. I I, probably, if um, I stayed there in winter, I'd probably move back to New York, like, in New York in the winter, Toronto in summer, spring, and
0: fall. Awesome. So there you go. Um, in the future podcast, we'll also try to bring you some travel journals from some of the places that, that we go. Um, and uh, it's because it's really fun. We love traveling and we love to share um, some hot tips. And um, we'll also probably be in the description for this podcast. We'll put some links and some of the, especially with the restaurants and some of the other places so you can find out more information. So if you're in Toronto, the last piece that we're going to talk about this week was actually actually a movie that we saw a couple months ago now, I think maybe even back in February. It was called The Red Turtle. And the Red Turtle is actually a co-production between some animators in Europe and of course Mizaki's studio Ghibli uh, animation house. But None of the animation was actually done by Studio Ghibli. It was actually worked on by these European animators, and the story and the direction was also done um, by Europeans. So it was kind of an interesting first for Studio Ghibli, and it really was a beautiful film. It was actually nominated for one of the best uh, animated features this year in the Academy Awards, along with another one of our favorites, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, but of course Zootopia won. Boo. Mill, you kind of like Zootopia, right?
1: kind of like it like uh it's kind of like has that message like anyone can do anything but at the same time, this movie was beautiful. Kubo was beautiful. So I felt like it was it was a good one, but it was a bad one.
0: Zippy on Zootopia is my opinion. Um, but let's talk a little bit about The Red Turtle. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it and then tell us what you thought about it.
1: So The Red Turtle is kind of like, it's a beautiful movie. It has no words. It only has like sounds. And it's about this red turtle and this guy like, Gets washed up on the island, and he every time he tries to, to escape, this red turtle knocks his boat. He falls into the water, and he swims back to the island.
0: And we're not—we're gonna. This is a no spoiler zone, I think, right? because yeah. We want you to figure it out, but it—it—it it, it goes on and tells a story about this. This man and the life that he builds on this deserted island, again, no words. It's beautiful, as Amelia said, it's it's really evocative, it's very reflective. Um it's story it's a story about family and it's about story about survival, it's a story about wilderness. And all of that seems very heavy, right? Sort of very emotional, and it was. There were some really intense scenes, right? I remember, like, one time you looked over to me and you almost had tears in your eyes. But it did have one great piece of comic relief, which was the crabs.
1: Every time, well, I think, like, maybe the last three times he tried escaping, this cra- these crabs climbed onto his boat, got this little socket, and then he, he basically took them with him every time except for when nature they, tri- they had to go back,
0: yeah, they were like the clowns of the movie uh, uh, yeah of the story, the crabs, um, and it's also it's all hand drawn and it really it looks incredible, and even though there's no words, it does a great job with sounds, like like a lot of grunts and hud huh, huh, huh. like the guy does a lot of that kind of stuff, and then you are you hear the birds or you hear the little like scrambling of the crabs, so and you
1: hear like the waves crashing in. And maybe, like, one time or two, I heard, like, a hey.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. So, what did you think overall of the movie? And then maybe if you had to give the Academy Award to one movie, Kubo or Red Turtle, who would you have given it to? Um.
1: So, overall, I thought it was a beautiful movie. It... Um, in some parts it was slow, because I like more fast movies, but I liked the slowness of it, and it just, like, it's a beautiful family island surviving, like, they eat, like, raw fish or... No, not raw fish. That you like fish and coconuts and how they survive on this island.
0: So, would you? Who would you? What would you? Which of the two movies would you have given the Academy Award to for best animated movie? Kubo and the Two Strings or the Red Turtle?
1: Um, I love the Red Turtle, but I have to give it to Kubo and the Two Strings.
0: That would have been yours. Yeah. I think it would have been mine, too. It should not have been Zootopia. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. So those are some of our topics. Uh, go visit Toronto. Definitely see the Red Turtle when it comes out on streaming or on Netflix or on DVD, if you still know what those things are. And I would highly recommend going back and watching all of Planet Earth 2. But if you only watch one episode, watch the city's episode. And we wanted to talk a little bit more, as we said at the beginning of the pod, about what kind of things we, we have planned coming up for the for the next few podcasts. Amelia and I have been talking a lot about sort of reoccurring features and what we want to do with the podcast. So what are some of the things that we've been thinking about?
1: Um, We've been thinking about a lot of special guests. Um, Should I spoil spoil this?
0: No, let's just say we're looking for special guests.
1: And we have some cool features going on that we might do in one or two episodes.
0: One thing we'd love, you know, we we got a lot of good feedback, especially from other kids and parents who like to share this kind of culture and pop culture and different kinds of things that they're enjoying together because that's the, what really brought this together for Amelia and I is that we actually love and get so excited about this kind of stuff and so we wanted to start talking about it and sharing it with others but you know we don't know everything we can't cover everything we don't have the best hot takes on everything so we would love to hear other kids and adults and parents who might have something to review or to talk about either come on the show and we're working on some of that or record it at home and submit. Submit it to us, and we'll put it on one of the future podcasts. We'd love to have contribution from people out there. What would what would be exciting for you about that?
1: Um. Well, usually in regular episodes, we're just talking about these cool books, movie, TV shows. So. Um, to like have someone else's opinion on something that they love and know, or maybe something that they don't really like, but no, it would be a cool add-on to this um to this podcast.
0: Sure. So if you have an idea, um, or you'd like to submit something for a future episode, e- you can email the show at chrislarry three at gmail dot And either pitch an idea of something you'd like to see us talk about or, even better, record something and ask for it to be included on a future episode. And we will definitely accommodate you. In fact, for the first submission for somebody who records something and sends it along to us to add into a show, we will do two free movie passes. So there is a challenge for someone to get two free movie passes. Some other things we're excited about coming up, we know, we know, we heard it from everybody, we got to get the podcast on the different subscription services. So we're working with our technical team on the back end to get it on to Apple iTunes, to the Google Play Store and to Stitcher very soon. Um, but we're also really starting to get on to social media and talk and have other ways to share our ideas and the content and to promote the show. So we actually are just launching an Instagram feed. It's the Larry's Pop Pod, of course. The Larry's Pop Pod. And you can always reach us on Twitter at ChrisLarry33. And so those are some things we're excited to do and to think about um, for new features of the show. Another new reincurring feature that I'm excited about is we're going to do our top radio jams with a Z. So right now we're listening to a lot of pop radio um, to get down to what our at the moment three top jams will be so again contact us if you have anything you want us to check out but as always we end the show with something that we're looking forward to talking about in future episodes kind of a sneak preview so amelia what are you looking forward to talking about in future episodes
1: i am looking forward so we are going to review the alamo draft house and it's go- it's in New York City. Isn't it another place? Yeah, it's
0: in other places too.
1: Uh, after we see Guardians of the Galaxy Two,
0: all right. So we're going to be talking about both those things on future podcasts. Um, but uh, say so you're excited about talking about the Alamo Draft House? Yep. All right, so we will leave that to future episodes. For me, uh, we talked about Studio Ghibli a few minutes ago, talking about the Red Turtle, but we're about two-thirds of the way through um, their television show that they did. Um, Mizaki's son directed it. It's called Ronja the Robber's Daughter, and it's on Amazon Prime. And so we got probably think about seven or eight more episodes to go but i am super excited about talking about that for a long time in a future episode because it is so good so rich um, so much to talk about so that's what i'm looking forward to well that brings us to the end of our second episode of the larry's pop pod this is
1: amelia larry
0: and i'm chris larry and we'll see you next time reach out to us we want to hear from you
1: bye-bye bye-bye